capable of coming out alive. A Magnus Archives fan fiction. Written by Not Quite a Ghost. Read by God of Laundry Baskets. Content warnings for Disassociation. Things I said, one billion foolish things. I'm not okay. I got a baseball bat beside my bed to fight off what inside my head to fight off what's behind my meds. I'm lonely, lost in pain. It's alright, it's okay, it's alright, it's okay. You're not a monster, just a human, and you made a few mistakes. It's alright, it's okay, it's alright, it's okay. You're not gruesome, just human, and you made a few mistakes. It's alright. John? John! 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 The archivist's office is a quiet, dark space. Bookshelf, chair, desk, boxes. No natural light, no external noise. John! Jesus Christ! Blonde woman, short hair. Dark clothes, scowling, scar across the eyebrow from a ring on a fist, speaking, speaking, shaking, and cold palm, still always cold palms, steady, Daisy, Alice, Daisy. Coffin, crawling. Too close, can't breathe, a trap trapped, my eyes shut, and the sound filled my ears. John, I swear to God! Shoulders shaking, hands shaking, shoulder daisies, hands, archivist, shoulder archivist, body, John's body. John blinks. Daisy. She looks frantic. Worried, her hand is still on his shoulder, and she's staring at him, and her forehead is all lines. Did you... what? You weren't responding, Daisy says. Her voice isn't soft, but it isn't harsh. I just wondered if you wanted anything from the chippy, but you didn't react at all. You weren't even blinking. What was that? This association is any of a wide array of experiences, from mild detachment from immediate surroundings to more severe detachment from physical and emotional experiences. Depersonalization refers to the experience of feeling detached from, and if one is an outside observer of, one's mental processes, body, or actions. Derealization refers to the experience of feeling detached from and as if one is an outside observer of one's surroundings. I, um, I... John's hands flap once, twice. I... Martin, it's... When... Flap, flap, flap. 
Martin is two floors up, an indeterminable number of meters to the west and distant, removed, absent, and Daisy doesn't know BSL, and Daisy wasn't nearly killed by Prentice. Tim is dead. Sasha is dead. Martin is unreachable. There aren't any words, just static. John's hands still flapping, one shaping, gone, gone, gone. Daisy, frowning, John's eyes drawn again to the pile of statements, tape recorder clicks, hums, static, gone, gone, gone. John, I need you to focus. Listen to me, John. Listen to my voice. Focus on me. Just on me. Nothing else. Did I ever tell you Basira took me on a date to an ice rink once? Worst idea. Neither of us have the balance for it. I nearly fell over every time I let go of the side. Took weeks for the bruises to heal. The first time she kissed you, John's mouth says. The corners of Daisy's mouth turn up momentarily. Yeah, then we fell over again. Another tape recorder click. John's lungs expand, contract, expand. Daisy is wearing her coat. Someone in research is listening to perfect neglect in a field of statues. You done spacing out on me? Daisy asks. John nods. You want anything from the chippy? Daisy asks. John nods. You okay to leave? Daisy asks. John nods. Daisy nods back, places her hand on John's arm, walks outside. The chippy is a ten-minute walk. The sun is shining. Daisy hums a radio head and keeps her grip on John's arm loose but firm. The chippy isn't busy. The man behind the counter has worked there for six years. Daisy pays in cash, gets the food wrapped in a bag. The bag is warm. By the time they walk back into the archives, John feels almost like a person again. Daisy guides him to sit, puts his portion of chips and a can of Coke in front of him, sits down next to him with her own cod and chips. Melanie takes her burger and chips back to her desk and does ungodly things with vinegar and mustard. Frankie in research is still listening to Evelyn. When John is over halfway through his food, Daisy breaks the silence. Does that happen a lot? It's not. John goes to run a hand through his hair, but his hands are covered in chip grease. It's not a beholding thing. Or not just a beholding thing. Do you know what disassociation is? Spacing out, yeah? Yes and no. It's being disconnected. Feeling unreal. Like you're dreaming or watching yourself from far away. It's a trauma response and... John quirks his lips wryly. My trauma significantly predates my employment in the archives. 
Daisy nods. Melanie's turn to face them, but doesn't speak. It used to come on, though, like a panic attack. Now it's just constant. What helps? John huffs a rough approximation of a laugh. <laughs> Good question. Daisy frowns at him, just like Martin would frown at him, concern laced with frustration, and it stings. Martin is two floors away. Martin is so far away. There must be something, Daisy says. Adrenaline? That's one of the worst things. How real the danger is. The only times he wants to check out are the only times he's truly grounded. Nicotine sometimes. He used to, but I think my caffeine tolerance is too high now. It's strange, being reminded this isn't how everyone lives, that most people see this as a problem to be solved, not just how the world works. He knows it was better, once. The sound of his voice would be jarring, mid-sentence. He'd lose hours to fog. His reflection would be off for days. But it would pass. It doesn't pass now. Grounding exercises? Melanie asks. She's got her phone out. John abruptly wants to scream. It's good, of course, that they care. Except it isn't. It's his fault they're here. He's a monster. He doesn't deserve their concern or their caretaking. But he's already had this conversation. Martin's hand on his back. Georgie's hand in his hair. You don't have to live like this, you idiot. Let me help. So adamant he wasn't a burden. Would never be a burden and... Huh. I can't. I... He wants to scream. He stands, turns to the door, turns back, pulls at his hair. I can't. I can't. This wants to be a meltdown. Would be, if he had the energy. If he wasn't running on fumes, ricocheting between floating three feet to the left of himself in hypervigilant over-awareness. Daisy has stood in front of him, a hand on his arm, a necklace hanging over her shirt, thin silver chain, small silver pendant shaped like a fox, gift from Basira. Her other hand is on his other arm, holding him in place, holding him together. He wants to hit something. She recognizes the feeling. Hey, she says, soft. It's fine. Calm down. It's just us. He nods jerkily, and she moves one hand to his chest, lifts it ever so slightly until he inhales to close the gap, then back down, up, down, until his breathing evens out. Tomorrow, Melanie says, from where she still leans against her own desk. 
We're talking about grounding exercises. I can bring alcohol if you want. Alcohol makes it worse. Fair enough. Chocolate, then. A cheap kind. Own brand. Melanie raises an eyebrow. You're telling me you prefer 35 pence chocolates? Name brand is too rich. You, John Sims, are a right weirdo, Melanie says. There's a grin in her voice. I rather thought we knew that already. Don't think you've much a leg to stand on, Daisy adds. I've seen what you do to beans. We're not talking about our food crimes. We're talking about John's failing mental health. No, I'd like to hear what you do to beans. Avoiding your problems isn't healthy, John. You need to confront these things head on. I just agreed to let you make a five-step plan of what to do when your archivist has gone to space. I don't remember hearing you agree. You just said some terrible things about chocolate. Daisy has moved back to her own desk and is flicking her gaze between them like she's at a tennis match. Dairy milk is two pounds, and it's the chocolate equivalent of the cinnamon challenge. Your taste buds are defective. Were you force-fed an entire chocolate cake by Miss Trenchbull as a child? Is that your pre-existing trauma? Yes, Melanie. That's exactly it. I can also move objects with my mind. Okay, I am not done with your sinful opinions, but Matilda, Avatar of the Beholding? Daisy laughs while John groans. We are not getting into this again. Look, I was making a perfectly reasonable point. You were waving a knife at me. I was pointing at you for emphasis. I just happened to be holding a knife. Why? Why did you even have a knife? I don't talk shit about your pet tape recorders. You leave my knives alone. John throws his hands in the air. Daisy is still laughing at them. Melanie smirks triumphantly. John throws a chip fork at her. The end. Thank you for listening. It's alright, it's okay, it's alright